0: In Hosea chapter 10, Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we just ask you to bless this time. We ask you to give us ears to hear this word. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you for all you're doing in their hearts and all you're going to continue to do in their hearts. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Break up the fallow ground in your life. Break it up. Sow to yourself in righteousness. What is all this new man about? It's about God was in Christ reconciling the world. God made him to be sin for us in exchange so we could become the very righteousness of God in Christ. The very righteousness. He says break up the fallow ground. Now, I know he's talking about the old man here because in Jeremiah 4, 3, it says, Thus saith the Lord to you men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, sow not among the thorns, circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Take away the foreskins of your heart, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come upon you like a fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil in your doings. Break up that old heart. Circumcise that old heart. And see, when you see this, God said in Jeremiah twenty nine twelve he says, You shall seek me, and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, if you search for me with all your heart. Now, in reference to that, what did God say? Jeremiah 24, 7, I will give you a heart to know me. See, not only does God take care of everything, he even gives us that heart that wants to search for him, to seek him. The old heart does not want to seek after God. He gives us that heart to seek and search after him and to find him and to know him. And so he says to search that, and he gives us that heart to do that. So we see in Colossians, it says in verse 11, Colossians two eleven, in whom we are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and the putting off of the body, this is amplified, the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, no, this is not. Buried with him in baptism, wherein ye also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. The Amplified says, Thus were you circumcised when you were baptized with him in your baptism, that the old man might be put off. The old man. See, that's the circumcision not made with hands. And you remember the Scripture says in Romans, it says, Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. It's all about the new man. Everything in this Bible is about the new man that Christ made. That's that exchange life. It's not about whether you're Jew or Gentile. It's about whether you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what the whole issue of this gospel is all about. We knew that. In Genesis eight twenty two. it says this. As long as the earth remains, there will be what? Seed time and harvest. Whatsoever a man sows what? is going to reap see that, pro- that process is here till this earth is over there is a sowing and a reaping and we knew when we went there we were in a process of sowing God's seed now listen to what God said about this in Isaiah 55 we're starting about verse uh, hmm, verse 8 he says my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heaven is higher than the earth, so my way is higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow from heaven, isn't that snow beautiful? And returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In the same way, he says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing wherein I sin it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and the trees of the field will clap their hand. He said his word will not return void. It will accomplish. See, God puts his word in our hearts so we can send that gospel out. You know the, the gospel? I want you to see something. We've been talking about the gospel of exchange. The gospel is the gospel of exchange. In Romans chapter 10 verse 16, it says what? But they have not all believed the gospel. Now I want you to check that. What is the gospel? Did they have Matthew, Mark, and Luke? No, they didn't. They had Isaiah. They said, for they have not all believed the gospel. For Isaiah says, who hath believed their report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Yes, Lord. So then, faith comes by hearing the gospel of Isaiah 53. The gospel of Isaiah 53 is the gospel of the kingdom, it is the gospel of exchange. Spurgeon said this In whatever way one believer reads Isaiah 53 in reference to what Jesus suffered, so the reader need not suffer it. Isaiah 53 covers your spirit, your soul, and your body. And it's an exchange. The gospel is an exchange. Remember 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New. new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And then he goes on to say that God was in Christ reconciling the world. And that word reconcile means what? Exchange. Reconciling the world to himself. And he says, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are his ambassadors of the message of exchange. It's that simple. God was in Christ exchanging the world for himself. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might, what? Be exchanged for the very righteousness of God. You can't add anything to that. Every place Jesus made that that clear. So the battle in religious realm today is a battle of change against exchange. I want to tell you something, that old corruptible nature that's born of Adam cannot be changed. It's corruptible through and through. And we talked about it in the coffee shop this morning. And I want to tell you something, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the good is just as bad as the evil. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's not a matter of how good you can be or whether you've not done this or not done that. It's this gospel of you need to not do this, not do that. It's not about you not doing anything. It's about you dying to that old thing and you living to the new thing. Because we've been buried with him in baptism, and we've been raised to walk in a brand new life. And it's an exchange life that he's freely given to us. And the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, blinds your eyes so that you can't see the exchange. You, get, you start out in the spirit, and then the first thing you know, you're trying to save your old souls. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. You're trying to make it better. I want to tell you something. When God said, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, that's the old man. But I want to go and tell you something. Now we have the mind of Christ. We've been exchanged with the new mind. Now our mind is his mind. Our thoughts is his thoughts. Now we know his heart because he gave us a heart to know him. Everything's been freely given to us in Christ Jesus. We are what he paid for. But you got to know it. You got to know what he paid for. But his word will not return void. Jesus said, he said this, he says, Jesus said, he likened faith to a seed being planted. If you have faith, as what? A grain of mustard seed. You shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be what? Impossible. I want you to think about that word impossible. He just hammered me with that word. He did that before we left. I remember reading this little book, Ann Kimmel. Kimmel? Said, I love the word impossible. Who's who's ever read that book? Okay, some of you have. See that word impossible. He says, nothing is impossible if you believe. That's the point what he's trying to say there. Contend for that faith that was once given to you that there's nothing impossible with God. You remember the disciples said when he said it's it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? And they said to him, Well, who then can be saved? He said, "Well, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. See, all this stuff doesn't work with man, but we're not here in the realm of man and the natural. We're here in the realm of the supernatural, because all of Christianity is supernatural from start to finish. If we move it over to the natural, we've missed it. It is a supernatural thing that, that He has did, that he's done. And that word possible? All things are possible. It comes from the same word, Deutimus. Supernatural, miraculous power. That's that word. It comes from Deutimus. We need to always be asking God to let us be a part of what he's doing on earth that's impossible with man. I want you to hear me. We were created to do the impossible. Anything God asked us to do in the impossible realm, we don't need to start with looking at our lack That robs you of your faith that's there. God asks us to do the impossible. He will supply the impossible. That's what he proved all through the New Testament. And I'm saying it's time. You know, you see the whole thing. I I was looking at Isaiah a while ago. Isaiah chapter 1. He says, how has that faithful city become a harlot? It used to be full of righteousness and judgment lodged in it. But now, murderers and harlots. How has that faithful city become diluted? Your silver is mixed with... Dross. What happened? I'm telling you, that's Satan's plan for the church. To start you out in the supernatural, believing God for everything, and the first thing you know, you're struggling with the natural thing, trying to figure out how you can do it. I'm telling you, God wants us to start, to to, it's not those that what? Start it, but those that finish it. Not with just finish it, but finish it with joy, Paul said, and with purpose and passion. See you. We can't, we're not of those, one of Steve's favorite verses in in Hebrews 10, we're not of those that draw back, but those that believe to the saving of the what? Soul. What is the end of your faith? The salvation of your soul. That's what the scripture says. Believe to the saving of your soul. The whole thing, he's paid the price for every bit of it. You know, we should never find ourselves on the defensive end, always struggling against Satan. I'm telling you, he's a defeated foe. We should always be on the offensive. When we wake up in the morning, it should make him nervous. You know, we kind of thought when we went over there, we knew what God had called us to do. But when we got there, see, the difference is there was people praying and preparing the soil when we went to Uganda. They prayed around the clock for weeks. And it was was glorious. But when we got down there, they had made no efforts to do anything on the, we asked if we could do a, a crusade. So they didn't do anything about it. They just went down at the end of that night meeting. We, we had all-day meeting and stuck up this little wooden thing and stuck speakers there in, in, the, in the center of the city where all the little shops were. And so one of the guys got up and started preaching on salvation, and I looked, and there was nobody there to listen. They were sitting in their little, just staring. I've never We had some sheep show up, some sheep, and a couple of donkeys come through there. Couple of donkeys, and, and it was the most incredible hard thing I'd ever seen. Really, in my Christian life. The next night, Wayne got up there and preached his little heart out, and the same thing. He said, "You wait, next night, sure night." Well, I'd already determined, you know, I'm gonna kick devil butt. You know, I that I'm telling you, it's time for us to realize that. Well. When I got up there and I started preaching on healing and Jesus same yesterday and forever, the minute I started taking authority over Satan, the sound system went out just like that. The minute I started taking authority over the powers of darkness, over that, the sound system crashed. God. And I thought, you know, right. this thing's for real. Yes. We're in a battle. Mm-hmm. But it didn't affect the community we were in when we were, they received it. But that same, we wasn't two miles from where this happened. So, see, this seed's got to go forth. But I want to tell you something. We're in a battle. And there's no place where you can just comfortably sit at home and, and you know, and just rest and not realize every day we're in a battle against Satan to pull us out of the supernatural stance that God's called us to be in. He's called us to live in the impossible. One of the things Jesus said, he said, I've paid for all of the, your past. He said, remember not the former things. Don't allow Satan to pull you back into the past. It always leads to deception. Right. Our past has been paid for. Amen. Do not allow Satan to pull you back into that old past. We are what? New creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus called the disciples. And he gave them power over all the works of the enemy. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out devils. Freely have received, freely give. What part of that is natural? None of it. None of it. See, there's not a place for the natural. He told them to do that. You go heal the sick, you cleanse the leper, you raise the dead, you cast out devils. See, every bit of it Jesus taught was power and authority to do those things. Jesus never sends you out without giving you authority to do what he sends you out to do. And so that's a part of what he's called us to do. But he, he wants us to stay away from the natural. We are born for the impossible. We need to live in the realm of the impossible with man, but possible with God. Just stay there. I know people will think you're strange. But Jesus was that first seed. He said, except that corn of wheat fall into the ground, that seed die. It abides alone. He was the first fruit. But if it die, it brings forth many more. And when he died, that first fruit comes forth, and, and he's the firstborn among many more. It's a whole new generation. It's a whole new Uh, uh, race of people it's not Jew nor Gentile it's new creations that he's called us to become and he says to go you know he said something he said in John 14 he said what the works that I do what shall you do also and greater works shall you do because I go to the Father see he wants you to contend for the works that he's called you to do and every one of us is called to do a little different work my work's not Mike's work or Steve's or any of you guys I know what I'm called to do. I do what he's called me to do, and I rest with that. If I don't see the whole picture, I'm not supposed to. Because you've got to see the whole body of Christ to see the whole picture. But be faithful in what he's called you to do. If you're faithful in a little, what? He'll make you ruler over many. Our job while we're here is to be faithful. Somebody asked me one time, what is the Christian uh, definition of success? I know if you look at a lot of churches, you say, oh, they're successful. This one's not successful. Has nothing to do with what you think. Successful is being faithful in what he's called you to do. Amen. Has nothing to do with what you Amen. see. Amen. It has only to do with what he's told you to do. You're faithful over little. He'll make you ruler over much. So our job is to be faithful with what He's given. He says what? Give and it shall be what? Give. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will he give to you? God shall supply all of your what need according to his riches and glory. S- Steve preaches this, 2 Corinthians 9:10, a lot of times. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food and multiplies your seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. See, there is a fruit. What is one of the fruits of righteousness? Peace? It says in Hebrews, Sown in peace. Of those that make peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of those that make peace. Increase the fruit of your righteousness and multiply your seed So, See, everything that comes out of our mouth is seed, good or bad. If it's life-giving seed or death-giving seed, it's still seed. And it will bring forth after its kind. He says, give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over and God is the one that gives that seed. Remember in Isaiah fifty-five 10 a while ago? God is the one that gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Why? So it will continue on. We are just here to be the, his representative. It's not about us. It's about us just being here to do what he asks us to do. And in the new creation, it's nothing. What do you have that he didn't give to you as a gift? And as he gave it to you as a gift, you have nothing to glory about. You just be faithful in what he's given you to do. It's exciting to see what God's... I'm telling you, we're going to see some astounding things in the future because once you know who you are and what he's called you to do and you realize it's not about you, it's about him. And he said what? I create the fruit of the lips, and he says, I confirm the word of my messengers and those that I've sent. And it also says in the scriptures that he went with the disciples, confirming their words with what? Signs following he wants us to hold fast to this beginning confidence of the, of the supernatural realm and not be moved. Amen? Oh, man. I'm at least a page and a half. I want to give you an example. In, in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus came there and Peter just got in from fishing and they was washing the nets, and he told Peter, he said, Can I use your boat? And Peter said, Yeah. So they went out and he preached to the, the multitudes. And then when he got through with his preaching, he said to Peter, launch out into the deep, Peter, for a drought, for fish. And Peter said, well, Master, we fished all night, and we caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, see, God told him to let down the nets, s. But he says, we fished all day, and we're pretty tired. But at your word, I'll let down one net. That's what he said. And the net break. Why did the net break? There you go. He should have let them all down. And the net broke. And then he called the other ships, and they came and filled the boats. And see, what, it, what it was there was Peter first offered the seed to Jesus. And then Jesus, in return, blessed Peter. Now, I want you to think of one other thing, and we'll close and have communion. Jesus told the disciples, let's go apart and rest. You've been working hard. But when they got there, the multitudes had followed them. And he was preaching to them, and there was 5,000 there, plus women and children. And they said, it's getting late, Jesus. Why don't you send the multitude away? They're going to be hungry, and they're going to have to find a place to eat, and McDonald's is closing pretty quick. You preach too long. And Jesus said, they don't need to depart. You feed them. Now, they had already took inventory of what they had. And they had found what? Five loaves and a couple of fishes. He said, all we have is these five loaves and two fishes. And he said, that's enough. So when he began to break it and give it to them, as they gave it out, it multiplied. And then when they got through, they took up how much? Twelve baskets full. What did they do with them twelve baskets? Did they take it long in case they got hungry again? What did they do with it? Gave them to the boy. He's the one that po- provided the seed. He's the one that provided the seed for the sower. See, he wasn't, he wasn't concerned. They, they weren't concerned with taking anything. It was obvious Jesus could create whatever they needed. But it wasn't long before he said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes. And they thought, Uh-oh, we forgot bread. He said, why are you doing this? Don't you remember the 5,000, how many loaves you took up, and the 4,000, how many loaves you took up? Why are you worried about bread? I can take care of your bread. But beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the scribes. See? Because why? Legalism, doctrine, and all this stuff, saints will kill your faith deader than a mackerel. Jesus said, you've made the commandments of God of none effect by your traditions. See, he is a supernatural God. And you remember what he said? They limited the Holy One of Israel. How can we limit one who says with him nothing is impossible? What's impossible with him? Nothing. nothing. See, we serve a, a God that's a creator. And if we walk with him, he's going he's to show us things. So I see that many times Jesus always was teaching them how that give what you got and watch it. Give what you got and watch it. Give your seed and watch it. Why? Because in that seed has the potential of reproducing that God harvest, Even a little mustard seed. As little as it is. It's the least of all seeds, but you sow it in the ground. And it says it comes up so big that the fowl of the air lodge in its branches. He's trying to show us the potential of faith. See, Satan is after your believing system. He's out to destroy your faith in what Christ has done. He's done a pretty good job of not even letting a lot of people see what he's done. But that's not good enough. He wants to try to take you from it. So the whole key is holding that beginning confidence, Hebrews said, steadfast halfway to the end. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four, He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Says what? He said, Many's hearts shall wax cold. Why? Because of all that's going on around. But he that endureth to the end, keep your heart with all diligence, that new heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. When it said in Jeremiah 17, five, cursed is a man that trusts in man whose heart departs from the Lord. It had to be there to depart. So you guard your heart. You guard that new thing that God has given You live in that new realm. And don't allow Satan to pull you back into that realm of the old. Amen. Let's have communion, and we'll finish this next week. Come on, Eric.